Hey guys, it's Brooklyn here, and welcome back to the Sit Back and Chat podcast. So good morning, good night, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is when you are tuning into this episode. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope things are going great mentally, physically, and also spiritually. I have a lot to discuss today, and I am so happy that you are here to tune in. I'm your host, Brooklyn B, and on this podcast, we discuss many things, including, but not limited to, advice giving, life experience sharing, story time telling, self-care helping types of topics. But most importantly, everything on this podcast is 100% certified real talk. As always, my social media is linked in the episode's description as well as petitions for different causes and information on important things that are currently going on. As you can tell by the title, today I will be talking about Black history once again. So put in some headphones, grab some snacks, and sit back and chat with me, Brooklyn B. Hello everyone. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well too. So as my little life update, life has been well, life has been good. I've been doing more guest starring, I guess you could say, and things of that nature. I'm starting my lifeguard training and that's pretty much it. Valentine's Day went well. I hope it went well for you guys as well. It has been a constant snowstorm in Illinois, which is pretty annoying. I do not like the winter at all, and I actually hate the snow, and I am hoping that spring comes soon, but it's not looking like it. There is like a foot of snow outside constantly, and as soon as you shovel and think that the snow's over, it just starts snowing again, and there's ice everywhere, and it's really cold. It's been sub-zero most of these days, so if you live somewhere warm, I am envious of you. But enough about me, and let's get right into today's episode. As you already know, or if you don't already know, for the entire month of February, I will be having a Black History Month series. So my episodes for this month are not going to be my usual content. It's just strictly Black history, and I'm mostly focusing on things that aren't really common knowledge to the public or some cases and stories that aren't necessarily as relevant as most of the Black history stuff that you might have learned in the past. I just really want to focus on things that I feel like need to get out there, things that I feel like need to be talked about that aren't talked about enough. And this story is one that I literally just heard like a week and a half ago in APUS history. I had no idea this even happened. I had no idea this that this occurred. And I feel like if I didn't know about this, I don't think many other people know about this either because I've never heard about this ever in my life. So that made me want to share this on my podcast so more people can know and more people can be aware of what happened to this man. Today, I will be talking about the lynching of Will Brown in Omaha, Nebraska in 1919. However, before we start, I have a few disclaimers. If you are young and if you are a minor, especially if you're not in high school yet, please, please, please ask your parents before you tune into this episode because I will be talking about some very graphic things that actually happened in its history, but it's very graphic and I'm not trying to traumatize anyone, put give anyone nightmares or anything like that. So make sure you have your parents' permission and that they look up the case before you can, you know, listen to what happened. Another disclaimer is that everything that I'm going to be talking about is pretty much all graphics. So I will try to leave timestamps in the episode's description, but I feel like there's really not that really of a point to put timestamps because pretty much this entire story is graphic. So if you are sensitive to death, 
lynchings, just torture in general, or just anything around murder, then this is definitely not the episode for you. This story as a whole is very disturbing, and it's something that I wish obviously never happened, so I would not have to talk about it, but it did happen, and since not a lot of people know about this, I feel like I should talk about this and that it should be common knowledge. However, if you are not very sensitive to these types of topics and you are going to tune into today's episode, then I'm glad you're here and I'm glad that you're willing to learn and I'm glad that you're going to sit here with me and have this uncomfortable conversation. Without further ado, let's get right into the story. Lynching. Let's start off with what that exactly means. According to Google, to lynch is obviously a verb and it means of a mob to kill someone especially by hanging for an alleged offense with or without a legal trial. So in short, in my own words, to lynch someone is basically to murder them without any reason to, which there really is no reason to murder anyone ever, but it's basically an crime of opportunity. It's basically to murder someone because you can, or you feel as if you can. And it's usually done in a mob um, with that mob mentality. And it's usually a bunch of people coming together to commit crime and just to cause chaos and kill people in the process. Back in the 19th and 20th century, lynching was very common. It was extremely common and it pretty much happened a lot of the time and it wasn't really a surprise back then because of how common it was. Lynching was done as a way to punish black people and to just instill fear, basically. Many white people would lynch African American people as a way to instill fear and to continue on white supremacy. However, not only black people were lynched, there were white people that were lynched. However, Many of the people that were white that were lynched were killed for fighting racism. But to lynch someone was to kill them in a very brutal fashion. So that could be by being hung on a tree, being hung in general, being burnt, just being mob beaten. Being lynched covers a bunch of ways that you could have been killed. But the similarity is that it's usually by a mob and it usually had racial intent. William Saunders Brown was born on February 2nd, 1879 and died on September 28th, 1919 in Omaha, Nebraska. Will was lynched due to the Omaha Race War of 1919, which took place in Omaha, Nebraska. And the Omaha Race Riot lasted from September 28th to September 29th of 1919. The Omaha Race Riot of 1919 began brewing and the reason for it originating was because many African American people were migrating to Omaha, Nebraska. Therefore, the population of African Americans in Omaha was growing. Many white people, they were unsettled by that and they didn't necessarily like that because like I said, there was a lot of racism back in this time. So obviously they were unsettled. They didn't like it. They felt as if their home was kind of being overtaken by a race that they felt superior to and they didn't like that. During this time, tensions were high in Omaha, Nebraska due to many allegations of sexual assault that were directed towards African-American men being accused of sexually assaulting Caucasian women. 19-year-old woman Agnes Loback on September 25th, 1919 claimed that she was assaulted by a African-American man. 
Will Brown was arrested for this crime, although historians believe that he was innocent. Will worked a hard laboring job and his body would always writhe in pain and he was not in the best shape. He would always bend over, he had really bad back problems, his hands were always writhing in pain and things of that nature. Historians believe that he would not be able to commit this crime. On top of that, there was no evidence that he committed this crime. He was kind of just a person of opportunity. The African-American population growing in Omaha on top of all of the sexual assault allegations on top of Will being accused of assaulting Agnes and on top of mayor at the time Edward Smith being in office and he had more modern ideas and he wasn't really on board with all of the racism and things. All of that on top of one another led to the Omaha race riot of 1919, which ultimately resulted in Will Brown being lynched. A crowd of about 50 men gathered outside of the courthouse where Will was arrested and was being held in, and they were demanding that Will would be lynched and chanting and screaming and kind of just starting a whole big thing. They also began marching and riling more people up and getting more people together. So 50 people turned into 100, 100 turned into 400, 400 turned into 500, and 500 ultimately turned into over 10 which is a large, large number of people to gather to demand someone be lynched and to start chaos. So we have over 10,000 people who are okay with this. All right. So when there was a small group of about 40 or 50 people that day on September 28th, 1919, that small group gathered around 2 p.m. By 5 p.m., there was roughly over 10,000 people there. How does that happen? When there is a crowd of that size, most of the time, people start to go wild and there's really not much you can do about it because when there's 10,000 people all mobbing and raging and there's 100 officers, what can you really do? You're outnumbered greatly. So the crowd began to go wild. They began assaulting police officers, started breaking into the courthouse where Will was being held, as well as other people that were accused of crimes. And, you know, they just went berserk, basically. They began breaking windows, breaking in, knocking down doors, and just storming this courthouse. Kind of similar to how they stormed the Capitol a couple of weeks ago, but I guess we're not going to talk about that. However, the police really did try to stop them. They really did try to stop all of this chaos. But like I said, they were outnumbered and most of the people in the crowd had guns and weapons too. So it was really hard for them to really do anything of great immense power because they had no power. Once they stormed in and the police realized that they couldn't really do much, everything just broke loose. It was pretty much over by then. Like things began to escalate and escalate and escalate until you thought that they couldn't escalate any further, but of course they did. The mob began beating all of the African-American people that they came across that were in the courthouse, so they were subject to being beat. Anyone who tried to stop them from being beat were also subject to be beat as well. The mob also began to try to burn down the courthouse, which they didn't burn it down, but they were successful in burning it immensely. There was a lot going on. On. Many people were breaking into any type of store that they thought would have firearms to arm themselves to, you know, keep the mob going. And many people were breaking into pawn shops, gun stores, and stealing guns so they could continue to 
mob and act a fool. There was so much chaos that even if you had no type of correlation to the mob and what they were doing, so many civilians were injured and just trampled and there was a lot going on. Like there was this huge mob in the middle of the city basically acting out. So even if you had nothing to do with anything, people were getting seriously injured just by being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Many black people were dragged and beaten outside and all of this stuff was going on. It was an entire riot. All of this started at two. And remember at two o'clock, there was only like 40 people there. Let's move forward into almost the middle of the night. We're going to go around midnight. Mayor Edward Smith was inside of the courthouse while it was burning. And he finally had enough and came out and was trying to leave, obviously. He had a mind that wasn't with the times, if that makes sense. He was more thinking like how people think now, that race doesn't really matter. And he was trying to reform the community and try to get rid of all this racism and division and prejudice, you know, thoughts. And obviously, if there's more than 10,000 people gathering in racial intent, you could see why many people in the community did not like him nor his ideas. He comes out of the doorway of the courthouse and tries to leave discreetly and supposedly starts shooting. I mean, I would too if there's a whole riot outside and I know people are out to get me. I would try to protect myself as well. But regardless, he ends up shooting someone who was a soldier and you know how people feel about veterans. So people started going crazy as if they weren't rioting and killing people as well. And parts of the mob started to attack the mayor and he tried to fight them off. But obviously when it's one on hundreds, I don't think that's going to work out too well. He was beaten, hit with bats, pistol whipped, all that type of stuff. This man, he went through it. And eventually someone put a noose around his neck and they started to take him away in hopes of hanging him. The mayor. Yes, these people tried to execute the mayor. However, they did end up hanging him. They ended up putting him on a traffic light in the noose and hung him, but he didn't die because eventually some people found him and untied the noose and got him down, obviously. But he was pretty close to death for a couple of days and they didn't really think he was going to survive, but he ended up surviving. However, moving back to what was going on in the courthouse, obviously it was burning because people set it aflame. It began to get worse and worse and people were cutting the fire hydrant line so it could burn more and pouring gasoline. It was a mess. Eventually, like there's all of these prisoners and inmates in there, so they have to do something because they're not just gonna let them burn to death i would hope they began leading some of them to the roof and they ended up letting some of the female prisoners leave the building because i don't know why but they just let them leave they began leading most of the men to the roof and remind you they were looking for will and many of the inmates just wanted it to stop and they're just like just take him because they didn't want to get hurt in the process so they were trying to push him off the roof so the crowd could have him but it didn't really work and they did not end up pushing him off the roof eventually someone threw some notes of paper and they said in quotes the judge says he will give up negro brown he is in dungeon there are 100 white prisoners on the roof save them end quote however there was an additional note that was also thrown down and that one said in quotes come to the fourth floor of the building and we will hand the negro over to you end quote this terminology is just too much for me like i can't very gross very disgusting Obviously, the crowd was happy because this is pretty much the whole reason that they were there in the first place and they wanted to kill him. So now they had their opportunity to kill him. 
They ended up getting ladders and climbing up to the floor where they claimed Will was, and he was there, and they ended up taking him away. In minutes, he was dead. They ended up hanging him. He was hung on a telephone pole. Like, it was really bad. They ended up just hanging him, and he died. Even after he was dead, kind of in a celebratory way, all of the mob that had guns began shooting at his dead body multiple rounds. Just imagine, just covered in gunshot wounds, um, basically not even a body anymore. Then after they had their fun with shooting him multiple times, not even multiple times, like hundreds of times, like imagine how many guns were there and they just kept shooting him as he was hanging, already dead. Eventually, they ended up taking him down and began to do even more stuff. When you think it can't get worse, it does. And they ended up tying him to a car and driving around the city with him, with his body being dragged in the street, being pulled by this car. So just imagine. Yeah, horrible. After that, if you didn't think it could get any worse, like this man is already dead and they're just doing all of this disgusting stuff to his corpse. Then they began pouring oil and gasoline on him so they can burn him. So they can burn him in the street in the middle of the street with hundreds of people gathered around him. And remind you, a lot of these people were dressed up in their Sunday vests. Like they were dressed up like they were going to church, like an event. They were wearing tuxedos as if this was an event, as if this was a party, as if this was a wedding or something. And it's just disgusting. You can literally look up the pictures. It's disgusting. And it's very graphic. Like you see him dead. It's very graphic in them standing in front of him smiling. You can see a child there. Someone brought their child to this and the child is smiling. It's a lot going on. It's a lot to, it's a lot to process. They burnt him to the point where he was charred, charred, just burnt him to that extent, just horribly disgusting. And even after they burnt him, they felt as if that wasn't enough. People were taking parts of his burnt body and taking it as trophies and going throughout the city with it and cheering. This was an event for them. This was this was okay for them. This was something that they saw no issue with doing. According to the people in the jail, some of the last words that they heard Will say was basically him proclaiming his innocence and being upset and saying that he didn't do it and that he's innocent and basically praying to God, which I said previously, historians heavily believe that he was innocent. Police heavily believe that he was innocent. It's pretty much believed that he was in fact innocent. And I guess you could say that he is innocent because he never was convicted. Yes, he did go to jail, but there was no trial. There was no evidence. There was no proof. That makes it even more upsetting than it already is. After all of that chaos, it the chaos continued and more just rioting and just destroying stuff continued on throughout the night until federal troops ended up coming and kind of got everything under control after a long while. And obviously they rebuilt everything that was destroyed and kind of went on with life. Will's hung, charred, gunshot wound, beaten, inflicted body was in fact buried. However, his original tombstone only said his name and then next to it lynched. That's it. That's it. Something positive about the story, which there's really absolutely no positives. I guess you could say this is positive, which it is. Um, I'm glad that this was done, even though it was very long after the fact. However, 
Chris Herbert of California in 2009 found out about Will's story and decided to give him a proper headstone, a proper tombstone, and now he does have a proper memorial. And Chris paid for everything, his tombstone, the memorial, and for everything to be, you know, kind of put together how it should have been put together. And I'm glad that that was done. Now his headstone actually says his name, when he was born, when he died, and a little quote at the bottom. And there's flowers around it, and it's actually very beautiful. So I'm glad that eventually Will did get the burial arrangements that he deserved. All in all, that is pretty much the story. It's very disturbing, very sad, very, very wrong. And I'm just disgusted. This is an event, a story that not a lot of people know about, so I decided to talk about it and shed some light to it. And obviously, a lot of people didn't know about it, considering the fact that he didn't get a proper burial arrangement until 2009, and this happened in 1919. Nothing really happened until almost a hundred years after this man was brutally murdered. So it's very sad, very disturbing, and I'm glad Chris Herbert, an engineer from California, decided to give him some proper burial grounds. And that was very nice of him and very sweet of him. I'm very glad that that happened. Unfortunately, that is all I have for today's episode of Sit Back and Chat. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you made it to the end, I really appreciate you giving my podcast a chance. I hope to see you tuning into my next episode and showing your support. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram, which is at sitbackandchat.podcast. Although this wasn't our regular upbeat positive episode, it was very important and I will continue to do episodes like this for the remainder of Black History Month. So make sure to tune in and be educated on some things about Black history. I hope this story got us thinking, got us to empathize, and got us to want to do better because that is the intention and that is the purpose. If everyone would join me in a moment of silence, that would be greatly appreciated starting now. Thank you again, everyone, for joining me here today and for paying your respects to him. This has been the Sit Back and Chat Black History Series, and this has been your host, Brooklyn B., and I hope that you have a wonderful day. 